Okay, so B'Siyat Rishmaya, thank you guys for joining. What a privilege to be able to sit together and to learn the words of the Tzadikim. Specifically in this time, preparing for Lagba Eimer, Habaolinu Litoiva Be'ezer Hashem, filled with good news, an endless, infinite, unfettered joy, B'Siyat Rishmaya, that we look forward to experiencing. And on the way to Shvuas, which is how Lagba Eimer is positioned during the period of time where we are rectifying ourselves, working on the Midas now more than ever, every year. And LPI, of course, we put out our little messages, but everybody and his brother is putting out messages these days. And there's so much to learn about the days of Sphira. There's so many messages, there's so many Midas that we're trying to connect with, that we're trying to utilize to change the way that we think about ourselves, to change the way that we think about the midos that we contain, and to work on ourselves in the way, like Chazal say, derech eretz Proceeding, our receiving the Torah needs to be a period of time of derech eretz. Derech eretz means just to work on the artsiest, derech eretz. To make sure that we're a kli kibble for Kabbalah satayra. The Torah comes down from Shemayim into a kli. And derech eretz kadma latayra means to say that we are working on building up our kli. Slowly but surely. To rectify our midos. To be aware of the capabilities of what we're able to do as human beings. How we can develop. How we can understand ourselves. Relate to things in a deep way. In a broad minded way. And to clarify that element of derech eretz, the artsiest, the guf. And then we come to Kabbalah Satayra, and having given ourselves over to the nasa v'nishma, we're ready to do. More than that, nasa, we're already made in a way. Because we've worked on ourselves. V'nishma, now we're ready to listen. Now we're ready to hear. Lag ba'oymer, mamish comes smack in the middle and on this derech, actually toward the end, as we're getting to Shavuos, to accelerate that process in an incredible way to give us a, an amazing boost. Mamash, an amazing boost. I want to speak just for a couple of minutes before we jump into our Sichas round, which is it's all the same Nakuda, of course. When you're speaking about Rav Shimon, you're speaking about the, the Nakuda, right? So everything's going to be related to that point. But an, an amazing thing that the Chavis HaTalmidim the Piyasetz Nerebbe explains in his Sefer Achsharas Havrichim. Achsharas Havrichim is like the next step after Chavas HaTalmidim. I think he brings, if I'm not mistaken in the introduction, that a person is not supposed to learn Achsharas Havrichim until you learn Chavas HaTalmidim. He wants it to go in a step-by-step -step process. So in Achsharas Havrichim, where he's explaining very deeply the, the Gilui of Hasidus, the revelation, what was it, what was fresh, what was new, that the Vashem wanted to bring to the world that Yidin should incorporate into their worldview, into their perspective. The Tzaddik writes that everybody knows that there's Ur and Kalim, that there is light and vessels. There's the physical matter of this world and then there's the spirituality that that physicality contains, conceals, is illuminated with, is activated by, the oisiyos, the letters with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, as Rabbi Nachman explains in a number of places in, in, uh, in Tarat Lamed Gimel. Rabbi Nachman talks about the hidden letters 
that are in everything, that are filled with Shefa, that are filled with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light. Everybody knows that are Kalim and Ar. But the way in which we ordinarily conceive of it is that the Kalim hold the Ar. There are Kalim, and then there's light that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought down into the Kalim. And the whole sort of regular perspective of Yiddishkeit is to try to find Hashem within physicality, meaning to say how physicality can become a container for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that whether it's intelligent design, or whether it's seeing Hashgacha Pratis, or whether it's trying to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the mitzvahs maisiyas, there is physicality, and then there's the spirituality that we are able to utilize the physical world to perceive. But the Piyas Hatzner Rebbe says, that the real Chiddush of Chassidus, founded, of course, on the Giloy of Rajvi, as filtered down through the Ari HaKadosh, and coming down all the way through the generations until the Giloy of the Baal Shem that really took what, Ra- what Rav Shimon Bar Yechai was revealing, and Mamash brought it down into our lives in a way that it could be actualized, in a way that it could be Miyashev, and Misyashev, Alalev. So he says, this gilu was the realization that it's not just that there are kalim and the kalim is filled with ar, but that the kalim are themselves made out of ar. And this is something different. It's not just this nakuda that there's kalim and then ar fills it, but that the very vessels of the kalim in and of themselves, the physicality around us is itself a gilui, is itself a manifestation and a revelation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Ein oid malvadoi, les asar there's no place vacant of him. We're surrounded by a Kaddish Baruch Hu at every moment, at every point. And whether it's the spirituality that brings the physicality to life, or the physicality itself, anything in Mitzias, Means to say, like Rav Chaim Belazhener teaches in the Baal Tanya, Va'ata Machaya Eskulam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings everything to life. Not just the Ar, the Kalim Gashmiim, the pavement that we walk on on the street, is rooted in the last hay of Yudke Vavke, it's a doimim. The plants that we see lining the sidewalk is the Vav of Yudke Vavke. We see a cat that's running around the dumpster. That's the first hay of Yudke Vavke, an animal. And then the people that we see is Mamish, the Yud of Yudke Vavke. We are subsumed within HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And all of these madrigus were revealed by Rav Shem and Barichai. Of course, the Baal Shem Tev gave us the key to the ignition of the car that was built by, the, by uh, you know, Rav Shem and Barichai's uh, car garage, together with Arizal and all the, all, the, all the mechanics with a capital M. They built this car, but the Baal Shem Tev says, okay, now we sit down and we turn it on, right? And so this gives us an incredible giloy as we're trying to build Kalim along this journey to receive the Torah within the vessels that we're building, the Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. The giloy of Lagba Eimer is to enable us to remember that it's not just that we're building Kalim for the R of the Torah to come down, but that the kalim are themselves are. That there's a derech in the Eretz, which is Kadmala Taira. Means to say that the Taira comes within the derech that can be found dafka in the Eretz, dafka in the Gashmias. And this is a deeper level of preparation to realize that it's not just, again, we're not just working on ourselves so that we can be zaycha for the Taira to come down. But it's that the very working on ourselves, the very interpersonal relationships where we're implementing some of the things that we're trying to work on and learn about and think about and integrate, that itself is 
Kodesh Kodesh. Kodesh Kodesh. The whole process, the whole journey. Reb Shimon reminds us that, like we say in the book, the journey is the destination. The Kalim are themselves are. And that every moment that we breathe and every moment that we are, we are exactly as HaKadosh Baruch is envisioning us in that moment. And we need to be secure in that and embrace that. Unlike the Tam in Rabbi Nachman's story of the Chacham and the Tam who only knows how to make three-cornered shoes that nobody could even wear because they're falling off. And people are paying in pennies when everybody else is making three gold coins. And he says to himself, what do I care? This is what he's able to do and this is what I'm able to do. Why should we speak about other people? Why should what other people are able to do steal away the joy over what I'm able to do in this moment, what my lane is, where I am, to embrace that and to realize that's Hashem's l'chatchila in this moment. Of course we have she'ifas. Of course we want to grow. But we're all trying. All of us are growth-oriented. We're trying. We need to try more. We need to try less. We need to figure it out. For sure. The growth trajectory is there. But at every given moment along the path, at every given moment along the derech to Kabbalah Satayra, we need to find the R within the Kalim. Not just the R in the Kli, but the R with which the Kli is constructed. And that's Rabbi Shimon's light. That's Rabbi Shimon's Giloi that we need in this time of derech Eretz Kadmal Satayra. So I want to read a little poem that I was Zoha to write a number of years ago. We were still living in Chicago a couple of years back. And I'm going to share the screen so you could look along and... I didn't really prepare any, uh, any sort of pirish on it, but um, we're going to try to use this as a springboard just to get into some of these ideas a little bit uh, and a little bit of a deeper level. So the poem goes like this. Some of you may remember reading this in the, in the past years. I usually send it out before Lag Ba'imer. And it says, Reb Shimon, the Heiliger Reb Shimon. Heiliger is Yiddish for holy. Dancing around the fire, heart of flame, my soul has wings. I leap and twist. The very earth rises along with me to greater heights. The heavens are open. Angels peer through the crack, jostling for a better view, vying for a chance to catch a glimpse of this circle of broken souls made whole by joined hands, souls intertwined. Oh, how they long to join us. Oh, what they would give for the chance to struggle and rise above. We are the pinnacle of creation. We who struggle, we who fall, we who find the strength to dust ourselves off and begin our song again. Tonight, the light of Reb Shimon permeates existence, consuming all with its brilliance. Nothing can stand in its way. From within every rock, Hashem's light shines. He is so close to us, so very close. Reb Shimon, the Heiliger Reb Shimon. All brokenness is a blessing in disguise. All concealment, the greatest revelation. It will be so good in the end, so very good. Reb Shimon, the Heiliger Reb Shimon. The flames dance ever higher, illuminating the night. Creation is thawing. Our icy hearts have melted. Jews overcome with the simple joy of their Jewishness, light, warmth, and joy. Reb Shimon, the Heiliger Reb Shimon. And my eyes turn heavenward to the infinite Father who loves me in an infinite way. 
And I whisper to him how thankful I am that I am of those who know Lag Va'aymer, not merely as the day upon which Rabbi Kiva's students stopped to die, but rather as the day of Rabbi Shimon, the Heliger Rabbi Shimon, whose teachings bring my world to life. This is my little Lag Va'aymer poem, and I, and I try to read it every year in Achana, and this year I chose to share it with you, to prepare myself, just to focus myself and hopefully focus ourselves on what some of the themes are that we're contemplating and that we're preparing ourselves to encounter on this glorious day of Lagba'imar Habalina Litaiva. Rib Shimon is bound up with fire. Everything, everything about Rib Shimon is fire. His safer is called the Zayhar. Zayhar means illumination. It's not water. It's not calm. It's stormy. Rib Shimon is a storm. Rabbi Shimon is burning everybody up with his eyes when he comes out of the cave for the first time, burning them, not drowning them. Rabbi Shimon is Aish. And we commemorate Rabbi Shimon on Rabbi Shimon's day on his Hilula, which is like a celebration, like a wedding day almost, on the day that his neshama went up to Shemaim and brought about tremendous ichudim in all the worlds, how they erupted in joy when Rabbi Shimon's neshama went to the higher realm. And it was Rabbi Shimon himself who said in the Zahar Kaddish that tzaddikim that leave the world are found in this world after they are nifter even more than when they actually were alive in this world. Even more than when they were living. The R within the Kalim. We're commemorating this tzaddik with fire. So fire is very deep. I want to speak about this for a minute and then we'll, we'll jump into, into our Sichas Ran Limud. And hopefully we'll be able to see a connection, a common theme with Hashem's help. If water is connected to chesed, because water naturally flows to the lowest place, and that's what chesed means. Chesed means that we look below us and we try to find somebody who is in need of what we have to give and we flow kindness down toward them. Chesed always is flowing. It's always filled with benevolence and beneficence and it's flowing to everybody else. That's chesed. But the element associated with gvura is fire. Gvura is fire. Now, on the one hand, it should surprise us that Rabbi Shimon would be connected to fire. If Rabbi Shimon's whole thing, we know Rabbi Shimon's whole thing is chesed. The, the, the Kabbalah is called Torah's Chesed, and the Sfarim it's alluded to as the Torah of Chesed. But that's because Gvura gets a little bit of a bad rap, because it's oftentimes misunderstood. Based on the Pasuk, Ki Gavar Aleinu Chazdai, the Tzadikim explained that the deeper reality is that Ki Gavar Aleinu, our experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Gvura, is in truth chazda, is in truth the deepest, deepest chesed of all. Oilam chesed yibane. The world was created with chesed, but the world wasn't created with chesed. The world was created with a whole lot of gvura. Vayoymer elikim, vayoymer elikim, again and again and again. And not just the elikim, which is midas hadin, but the very fact of vayoymer, speech, is tzimtzum. It's a limit. The whole creation is limit. Klape, the creator, who's infinite, Creation is limitation. 
And so what's Olam Chesed Iban? It's not true. There are a lot of explanations on a simple level for what Olam Chesed Iban means. But the very aspect of the world's being built was not Chesed at all. It was Mamash Gvura. But once we understand that Ki Gavar Aleinu is Chazdoi, that the deepest Chesed is Gvura, and we'll explain why in a minute, perhaps that's what it means, Olam Chesed Ibanetz. Paradoxically, it's a reference to a deeper kind of chesed, which is actually gvura. There are two names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that are associated with chesed and gvura, respectively. One is called the 72-letter name. It's called the Shem Av, Ayin Bez. And one is the 42-letter name, and that's the Shem of Mem Bez. The Shem Ayin Bez is connected to chesed, because 72 is gematria chesed, as it turns out. And the shame membez is connected to the concept of gvura. Without getting into the depth of it now, we don't have the time and I'm not the right person to speak about these things, just ramazim, basics, you know, what, what, what my little brain is able to understand. Is that the 72 letter name emerges from kriyas yamsa. There are three psukim by Kriyas Yamsuf, which begin with the words Vayisa, Vayavai, and Vayet, three psukim. And these psukim, three psukim, have 72 letters. And the 72 letter name of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is created with groupings of three. And essentially, how you get the name is that you start with the first letter of the first pasuk, which is Vayisa, so that's going to be above. And you start with the last letter of the middle pasuk, whatever that last letter is. And then you go back to the first letter of the third Pasuk. And then you go ahead and you take these letters and you keep on doing that. The second, right, of the, of the, of the first Pasuk and the last Pasuk together with the second to last letter of the middle Pasuk. And you keep on doing this until you get triplets, pairs of three that come together to form the 72 letter name of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that's Kriya Siyam, so filled with Chesed. But the name of Membez is rooted in the first 42 letters in the Torah in the narrative of Maise Bereshis, of the creation of the world. Incredibly, Maise Bereshis is Rosh Hashanah's Membez. The shame of Membez is the shame of Maise Bereshis. Now, like we said, Maise Bereshis is filled with Gvura. But what does it mean that Maise Bereshis is filled with Gevura? Not only does it mean on a simple level that it's Tzimtzum, that it's constriction, that it's limitation, because that's exactly how it is when the infinite creator is Mitzamtzim himself, constricts himself to go ahead and to create the limited world. So there's going to be Gevura there. But let's take a look at fire for a minute. The fire of Gvura isn't just this, that it's incredibly potent and severe and can burn something down. The fire of Gvura is unique, especially in relation to water, in the sense that it's constantly, constantly moving upward. The energy of Gvura is upward motion. The reason for that is because as the foil to Chesed, which is moving downward, meaning it wants to be mispashet, it wants to spread, it wants to move, it wants to grow deeper and deeper. Mida toiva, like the Ramak says, mida toiva meruba. Mida toiva meruba. That the mida of chesed wants to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Din wants to hold back. 
And so holding back is going the opposite direction, not the direction of downward. Din is the energy of, of a negative energy. It's called the, the Butsina de Cardinusa. It's like, the, like, a, like a negative energy lamp. It's not light, it's darkness. And it beams inward. It's like a black hole, sucks everything in, sucks all the light within itself. This is also related to the conversation about hair without getting into the depth of it. That the hair of the beard is chesed. Because the hair of the beard is mispashet. It goes down and it starts thin on the face. Well, not in my case, but I'm trying. And it, and it goes down and it's supposed to get wider and wider as it comes off the face eventually. Keep on davening for me, right? It comes down off the face at some point. But... The hair on the top of the head is din. And that's why Bechassidim, they're trying to cut the hair on the top very, very short, as short as possible. Not their sphere, of course, but they cut the hair generally short. But the hair on the beard is, is very, they leave it very long. Because why? Because the energy of the hair on the beard is going downward. It's mispashi down over the midas. But the hair on top grows upward. Ah, growing upward is din. It's gvura. It's the, it's the energy that's going up. It's going in the opposite direction. So this we understand on a basic level at the source. There's chesed that wants to go down and there's gvura that wants to go up. Listen to this. When gvura is embedded within something lowly, it becomes the most incredible thing. Because in as much as the realm that's founded upon that gvura is not in the place where it's supposed to be, then the energy of gvura that's laced within it is going to compel it to move up to move back to the Shoirish. So Avram Avinu is walking down the street. He's three years old. He doesn't know anything. He grew up in the house of an Oyvid Abedizara. And all of a sudden, he sees what Chazal described as a bira doilakas. He sees a bira as a palace. Doilakas means it's on fire. And Avram Avinu says to himself, bira doilakas? He says, mia balabira. Who's in charge of this palace? Where's the owner? Someone's got to come and take care of the fire. Why is nobody responding to this? Nobody cares about it. How could nobody care about it? It's his house. It's a beer de lakas. It's on fire. And then he realized, listen, if this is the beer de lakas, and it's only what? It's only a physical house created. Then look around at the universe. The whole world's on fire. Like Moshav sings, flames are getting higher. The whole world's on fire. And so where's the Balabira, like with a capital Bays, you know, like a Bays Rabasi? Where's the Balhabira? There's got to be somebody in charge of this. But, in, it was, but, but based on our understanding, it's so, it's so deep. Because why couldn't Avram Avinu see a palace that had a terrible flood from a hurricane? Why did it have to be a Bira that was a, a, a palace that was on fire? Because Avram Avinu understood something extremely deep. Avram Avinu was the Ish Chesed. Avram Avinu knew how to find the good within people and to nurture the good within people. So he knew how to find even the Chesed that looked like Gvura. And to find the Gvura within Chesed, the Chesed within Gvura, which we encounter along our journey to Kabbalah Satyra, which is what this whole thing is essentially about, of course. So Avram Avinu looked at a world and he saw people that were constantly feeling 
as if they were lacking something. They were always pursuing, pursuing and pursuing. What were they pursuing? Any number of things. But Avram Abinu looked beyond the facade of people feeling that they weren't settled. And he said, there's something very holy in creation. Creation is on fire. There's an energy within creation compelling everything up. Why is that? And Avram Abinu made a cheshbin. He said, everything yearns for its source. Children, try to run toward their parents. I think they say about tuna, these fish, they somehow swim all the way, I think even upstream to go back to the place where they, or their eggs were, or hatched or something like that. Everything goes back to its shayrish. And so Avram, this was Avram Avinu's cheshben on a deeper level. When he saw that there was something within nature that was pushing things toward creativity, Avram Avinu understood that there must be a shayrish of capital C creativity that he came to understand as the, as the, as the Elohim Chaim, as the living God that created this world specifically for that purpose so that we would lift everything up and elevate everything in the deepest, most glorious way. That's chesed. That's the oilam chesed yibane, but it's the chesed that looks like gvura with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yibana created Olam, the world, the shame men days, the shame of Maise Bereshis, the shame of Gevura. And so this is Mamish Reb Shimon Bar Yechai's thing. Rajvi's whole Avoida is to find, to track down every little tiny bit of holiness within the physical world, the R of which the kalim are created, not just vessels for it, but the kalim are light themselves to, to identify it and that we should become vehicles, we should become a medium to go ahead and allow creation to become elevated in the way that creation yearns to be elevated because this world is a tefillah, like I posted on Facebook today in a different Indian, in a different way. But the whole world is praying. Everything that we see around us, it's everything silent. You take a walk at night, everyone's sleeping, and the whole world is quiet. The world itself is quiet. The birds aren't chirping, and, and, and everything is just sheket. But within that silence, we need to hear screams, screams, screams of a world that's begging to be lifted up. A world that's begging because it feels gvura inside of it. It's built on that gvura that's compelling it to grow. Like Rav Cook says, that the world is founded on the, on, the, on the ocean, on the river of tshuva. Everything is founded on that ocean that's pushing everything constantly, compelling the world toward tikkun. Because the world is on fire. Because the world is created with the shame men bays, my siberatious. Because the world is embedded with this code that can do nothing other than seek HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so the world is begging us, please use me in a holy way. Please look upon me with holy eyes. Please see in me a means to be able to bring yourself, the human being, closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what the Karbanis are. And so all the PETA people can get involved and they're very upset because everybody's shechting animals. They don't know what's good for the cow in the first place. They ever interviewed a cow to find out if he likes it or not? What do they know? And the cow is not conscious either. We know how people is that a cow wants nothing other than to end up by my Shabbos Suda and by your Yantiv Suda. 
and to give a Jew chiyah so that a person can go ahead and continue serving to channel shefa down to the world. That's what the cow wants. That's what every particle of physicality wants. And the cow eats the grass and the grass grows on the earth and the koyin, who's the adam, brings it up on the, on the mizbeach and doimim, sameach, chaymedaber, the whole creation is lifted up in what? In fire. In the fire of the mizbeach that elevates everything. That brings everything up to its shayrish, everything up to its source in creativity. And perhaps this is why the song within which the shame membez is embedded, which you and I are familiar with, it's called Anabekoyach. Anabekoyach is founded on this 42 letter name. And that's why if you look on the side of Anabekoyach, you can see those shamus, that's the shame membez. We say Anabekoyach every day where? By Karbanis. Because Anabekoyach and Karbanis is the same Nakuda, because it's the shame Membez, which is associated with fire, which is associated with feeling as if there's some energy compelling me upward. That's Rajbi. That's Tyrus and Nister. That looks beyond the facade of the physical world, like we say in this poem over here. I'll just share my screen again. Of every rock, of all brokenness, of all concealment, of the icy hearts, of the night, of the failures, of the struggles, of the earth, and identify something that's filled with light, that's filled with potential, that's filled with essence. And enables us not only to identify that, but to embrace it in such a way that our hearts become synonymous with the essence of our life force, which is likened to a flame. Ner elikim nishmas adam. It's a fire. It's a flame. It's the flame of bedikas chametz, where we're looking and we're searching the whole world to eradicate any tiny little bit of obstacle that's going to prevent us from serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu with fire, with his slahavos, which is a lashon of flame, flickering, movement, warmth, feeling, passion, emotion. And that's each of us individually, but then we all come together to form the great fire of, of Bir Chamet, which is the next morning. The collective spirit of Am Yisrael that constantly, constantly yearns to leap off the wick and back into the source and thereby is able to identify those sparks of gvura, those sparks of holiness, of strength within every single particle of physicality and to grab hold of them and elevate them. That's the message of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And so when we go and we're looking at the fire and we're dancing at all the bonfires and everybody should be safe, Bezer Hashem. We should only have mamish, just a perfect, beautiful Agba Oymer, like all of us dream and plan out. Everything should go to the T. It should be so inspiring. And, and, and on Beruchnius of Agashmius on every level, it should just be a, a phenomenal day of Nisim and Eflois and Yeshuas for Am Yisrael. On every level, Bezer Hashem. You have to make up for last year. Mamish should be double to Keflaim Latushia. Should be double this year, Bezer Hashem. When we're dancing around the fire, we have a little bit of a deeper hasaga. And we watch the way the fire, it can't help itself, but it's, 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 uh, it's as if it, 
It's constantly jumping, constantly jumping with its face up, with yearning eyes. And we say that embodies the spirit of Rabbi Shimon, the teaching of Rabbi Shimon. And then we turn toward the Hasidic masters, toward the tzaddikim, who show us how to implement that worldview, how to find the good in ourselves, how to find the good in others, how to relate to the world, not as something that's a bidyeva that's trying to drag us down, but to identify beyond the facade of the energy that seems to be dragging us down, the kernel of essence that similarly wants nothing other than to leap upward and to hear the silent prayer of everything that surrounds us, every circumstance, all the people for sure, but the inanimate objects, everything that surrounds us, whether we're in our dining room or we're in school or wherever we're even watching this, look around, all of those silent, hopefully it's silent so you can focus, all those silent objects around you are not silent. They're screaming to you, use me for Kedusha, lift me up, lift me up. And that's the message of Rabbi Shimon. That's the message of Lagba Omer. So that's something very powerful. Just by way of preparation, I'm going to send out the poem a little bit later, whether, it's, whether today or tomorrow, hopefully later tonight. And, um, and it's a good, I think it's a good sikum. It's just a good general uh, summary of some of the feelings that I know that I like to connect with as we go into Lagba Omer, to connect with the Ur within the Kalim. To realize that, yes, we have to build vessels to receive the Torah into our keli, right, of derech eretz, kadmala Torah. But the truth is, is that the kli, whatever I'll make, and whatever, by the way, for most of us, it's not a full kli. It's a, for sure for myself, I know it's a shever kli. Whatever little broken, tiny little, you know, shattered crucible I'm able to find on the floor somewhere, that little, that little shard that I'm able to muster in 2022, with all the lowliness and all the brokenness and the sadness and the confusion, it's a nace that we're here talking words of Amuna. It's a pella. It's a pella. We're the pinnacle of creation. It's unreal. Every little shard that we find, we realize it's not a shard. That little chalik is a chalik, a lokamimam. It's a little portion of the all of infinity captured within that little chalik, captured within that little piece. And that it's not so much about what the keli looks like. It's about identifying the, 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 the truth and the essential reality within that kli, whatever it may look like and however broken it might be, that the Torah is already there. And that a desire and a yearning for holiness is already there. Despite our failure or despite our limited ability to build the kli, the vessel that we imagine so that when we come to Kabbalah Satara, we can receive the Torah. Rabbi Shimon said it's more about revealing it already within you than, than receiving. It's more about finding the R within the very material of the Kli than about identifying the R that can then settle in whatever Kli we build. So that's Mamash my bracha as we go into Lagba Omer. It's a time of inspiration. It's a time of refreshing ourselves. It's a time of tremendous hope, but more than anything, and I think this is what the world needs today, it's a time of awesome optimism. Awesome optimism. There's so many reasons, I don't have to tell you, to be so negative today and to be so pessimistic. And I, I know I struggle with this. I, sometimes I, I just fall into like this hope, like, like is, is, you know, is, there, is there really any hope anymore, you know? Because you look around the world and you speak to people and you see just so much struggle and so much pain and so much, so much challenge. But the only way that we're going to make it 
Because this is our secret as the Jewish nation. The only way we're going to make it is if we find a way to hold on to optimism. When we say, That even though Mashiach delays, even though, I, and this is what it means on a literal level, I wait for him every day so that he should come, meaning I wait for him to come. That's the simple level. But the deeper level is, this that I'm still holding on to hope, this that I still have that dream, this that I still have eyes that are filled with wonder, that I hold on to that spark of hope and expectancy, even in a world that's filled with pessimism and optimistic, Every day, whether it's Yimei Toi, whether it's Yimei Ra, good days, bad days. So then, that's how Mashiach has a chance of coming. But if we're going to let go, and if we're going to allow ourselves to succumb to the seductive pull of that negative energy that pulls us away from Kedusha, that compels us downward into the depth of Tumah, into the depth of despair, into the depth of, 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 of this pessimistic, cynical kind of sarcasm that's filled with brokenness and darkness, then maybe Mashiach will come, but there won't be nobody left to greet him. And so this is our Avaida. And Rabbi, and Rabbi Nachman Drawing on the Baal Shem Tov, drawing on the Ariyah Kodesh, drawing on Rabbi Shimon Barichai, drawing on Moshe Rabbeinu, all the tzaddikah adairas that really moved Yiddishkeit along in a, in, a, in a seismic, incredible way. They were sent by HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the sense of Hikdim Rufu'a Lamaka. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent the remedy before the malady to enable us to find that hope, as Rabbi Nachman expressed it more explicitly than anybody else. There's no despair to hold on to the reality and to the belief in a reality that's deeper and that's good, that the kernel of everything is good, and that within the darkest vessel there's the chiyas of alukus, and we can find, the Rabbi Nachman tells us in Sikha Saran, we can find yosher, we can find goodness. And it may take a while for that goodness to manifest itself, but goodness is found by everybody. And we have to identify it, and we have to believe in it, we have to judge it favorably, we have to be aware of it, and in so doing, then we're meriting to draw it out and to really enable it to really come into, 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 into practice and into actualization in a very real way. And that's within ourselves and within others and within the world. This is the optimism that Lagba Omer um, has, has the ability to give us. And the question is how much we are opening our heart to it how much we're ready to start to live in this way. It's not a nice Dvar Torah. It's a paradigm shift with regard to how we are choosing to think. And it's not different kinds of nature. Some, some people are optimistic. Some people are pessimistic. It's not true. It's really a choice. It's really a choice. And it's, it's one of those things like fake it till you make it. And then eventually it becomes very real because you'll see that you thought you were just going to need to fake it, even though there's like so much evidence to the contrary in your life. And I'm telling you, that it's the opposite. There's so much evidence to the contrary because we've been looking at things in a pessimistic way. Start finding the good in people, in yourself and in things and watch the transformation. Like Rav Shlomo Kabach used to say, it's, it's not that things are going so wrong and so I'm sad, it's that we're so sad and so things are going wrong, right? The question is what comes first? And so Lagva Eimer is a new beginning. 
Like Ba'aymer gives us the ability to really open our hearts to so much depth and so much light and so much joy, so much essential, simple, a core uh, 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 essence, mamish essence that's bursting with the with with the uh, with the energy of gvura, which is being compelled back toward a kaddish baruch Hu. And it's up to us to really make that decision to say, I want to I want to belong to Rabbi Shimon. I want to be on Rabbi Shimon's team. I know that nothing else is working for me. I really want to connect myself to this gilui, to a light that comes from a world beyond. So we should be zeicha to that Ezra Hashem. Okay, let's jump back into Sicha Saran. And we're going to continue what we started last week. Now we also don't have so much time left. So we're going to continue what we did last week on the topic of Hefkerus. So I'm not going to read the Rebbe's words inside because we did that last week at length. I'm just going to speak it out outside and then we'll go back into Lukutei Alachas and we'll see how much we can cover all B'Siyat Adeshmai with the help of the Master of the World and in the Schus of all of you for being here. And thank you so much for joining. I can't see your faces. But I trust that you're there and listening and it means a great deal to me and I'm sure to all of us. And it's a big schus and it should stand by us that we're people that are trying to grow. That we're people that are trying not to waste our time in this world. We want to live, but MS live, not just survive or thrive. Or, or rather, not just to survive, but to thrive and to really live. So the Rebbe says over here in Sicha Saran, in Nun Aleph, which we've been learning for the last couple of months at this point. The Rebbe speaks about Hefkeirus which is fanatical irresponsibility. And the Rebbe says, listen, it's great to devote yourself to, 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 to Avodah Hashem, that's the goal. But you don't have to overdo it in such a way where you're becoming extreme in a negative sense, totally removed from this world. That's not the Mahalach. Now, Rabbi Nachman is then going to say that we can live in this world and be an Ish Kasher, and not let go of all of our responsibilities and all of what it means to be a human being and invest in relationships and so on and so forth. That's perfectly fine. Maybe even it's not just fine. Maybe it's l'chatchila. But first the Rebbe makes a very strong point to say, even though we're about to say that we don't need that kind of hefkeirus, says Rabbi Nachman, I just want to make the point that that's not actually hefkeirus. Meaning, even though, relatively speaking, in, re- in, in, in relation to a more, quote-unquote, balanced life of being a human being who is devoted to HaKadosh Baruch Hu instead of an angel that feels stuck in a human body that tries at every point to sabotage his or her humanity, that, that's not what we're speaking about, even though, even though that would be Hefgerus. But in relation to the person that goes to the opposite extreme and starts to live with the focus that all there is is Olam Hazeh, Going back to what we spoke about in relation to Rajvi, a person that doesn't find the elukus in things, doesn't find the spark of holiness, and so on and so forth. A person that lives just the chitsoyne chitsoyne, the pshat of the world, without, and maybe even pshat, you know, not, because there's no explanation. It just is. It's futile. It's meaningless. Says Rabbi Nachman, in relation to that, so a person that lets go of this world so that he could solely and completely pursue Avodah Hashem, that's not called Hefkeris. On the contrary, the other way is called Hefkeris, meaning a person who takes this world far too seriously and then lets go of the reason for which we were sent down here and forgets about the mission. It doesn't care about it. And, and that doesn't occupy the primary place within their realm of, of, uh, of concern. That's called Hefkeris. So Rabbi Nachman makes that point. And then he finishes and he says, accept this for me. Don't allow the world to trick you. Because the world is super tricky, like we said before. It looks like Gevura. 
I'm sorry, it looks like on the surface level, nothing wants to grow. Everything's just in cycles of futility. Don't allow yourself to be fooled. Look beyond. Look beyond. Go beyond. Inside. And beyond the physical world and the outside of us to go beyond that into the spiritual depth and find it and grab hold of it. And to invest in it and build our lives upon that foundation, not to allow the world to fool you. Because he says it's not a choice between a miserable life in this world, but Olam Haba, or a glamorous, wonderful life in this world, but without Olam Haba. That is not the choice. The choice is between the most pleasurable life in this world and Olam Haba, and a life full of misery, confusion, existential angst, and doubt on a very, very big level in a lot of different ways, together with no Olam Haba. <laughs> like, that's what the decision is. And when you set it up that way, it's not that difficult of a choice. And that's mamish the way it is. This is something that is not so stressed because we love talking about Olam Haba. But really the main thing, you know, the Baal Shem Tov came to say that Olam Haba, Olam Hazeh, it's all packed into this world itself. It's not that this world is a prosdar, is a hallway to the trackland, to the ballroom of the next world. It's that both the hallway and the ballroom are in this world. And the question is, what level are you living life on? Are we living life just on the hallway level, that that's just how we see it at, at, in the best case scenario? Or are we utilizing the hallway mentality to enable us to tap into the ballroom already in this world, which all the tzaddikim describe as being captured in Chazal's expression, schar mitzvah is the mitzvah itself, not is another mitzvah, but the schar, the reward of a mitzvah is in the sweetness of the mitzvah itself, is in the meaning and the depth of Rezocha to really delve into the mitzvahs, what they are, and into the dveikas, the consciousness of our bond with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and to feel that and to become his and he becomes ours and it's shira shira and it's a romance. It's not a struggle. It's not something we're trying to break free from, which is so full of bitterness. The bitterness is only because we aren't actually aware what it is that we're engaging with. And when it's not explained to us and we don't become totally clear on how sweet it is, and how deep it is, and how beautiful and wonderful it is, then it feels like something we just want to run away from. But once a person is exposed to how beautiful this world can be, and how beautiful experiences can be, and how yashar, how straight, without any problems that oftentimes arise in the most normal quote-unquote situations that are just the, re the, the, the an effect of a life that's not founded on any absolute principles, and that leads to a lot of problems. So it's not to say that there's no challenges. Every person has challenges. It's not promising a person, you know, just the, the perfect trip in this world. Nobody has that. Life is complex. Life is difficult. It's challenging. But the perspectives that we're able to attain and the shining moments of glory when we are indeed able to go back to our happy place of tefillah and of Torah and of mitzvahs and of chesed and of espodados, and communing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not just in the forest, but underneath our talus, or when we're walking on the street, or when we're laying in bed at night. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the quote-unquote, is the real reality. In relation to that, the other option is not attractive. 
in relation to what this life can be. And we discussed last time the quality over the quantity. It's finding the inside, it's finding the depth of what's possible of this life to really and honestly and genuinely tap into the essence of living. So Rabbi Nachman says, don't be fooled. And he says, not just we need to know this, like we said, the nations of the world needs to know this, and, 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 but we know because we know what to do through the Torah. So the last couple of minutes, let's take a look at this piece from Likuti Alachas, which we began. And we'll just read these first couple of lines that we were Zohar to read last week. We'll just read it again. And the Tzadik says, Nimsa. Like we said, the real hefkeiros, the real radical irresponsibility, the irrational, fanatical irresponsibility is a person that does not walk in the way of Hashem. And the person that does not realize, better said, that every place that he walks is a path of Hashem. And that every keili, that every external vessel that looks so dark and that looks so megusham and physical, the truth is, it's nothing other than pulsating with a holy energy that's constantly feeling compelled to rise like fire, that the world is on fire, that the world is davening to us, so to speak, is crying out to us, help us grow, help us grow. A person who doesn't walk in such a way, who doesn't live on such a level, that's called mufkar. Is there any greater irresponsibility than this? That it's not just he's, he's not, you know, taking care of the bureaucratic things that he needs and his social security and this and that to make sure that he's like a person in this world and registered in this worldly system. That's irresponsible enough. But imagine a person having that flippant attitude. And unfortunately, it's not, it's not too hard to imagine toward eternity. Like, that's pretty irresponsible. Because it's not just that, you know, there was a train that you were supposed to take from here to somewhere else, and you didn't do the due diligence to buy the ticket, or you, you weren't careful to make sure that you knew where the ticket was, and you lost the ticket, so you have to buy a new ticket. Okay, what can you do? But it, what, what was it, Sacha call? It was just a trip from here to there. But if we're talking about a train that's an eternal train, and that contains within itself the very destination that it is traveling toward forever and ever and ever and ever, then having that attitude in the train station toward buying a ticket and making sure that we don't lose the ticket and making sure all the other details are in place so that we can get on that train, that's pretty, that's pretty irresponsible, right? And that's far more irresponsible than the first case. And what for? What are we getting for it? It's not even worth it. What are we getting? For another steak. So how many steaks could we have already? How many slices of pizza can we have? And of course it's a mushal, but whatever it is that draws us. How much? And if it was that good the last time, <clears throat> why didn't it last me? Why is it the next day and I'm already looking for another cow that I can bite into? You know, if we didn't do Avram and Achai, it's a, it's a blessing because we would just be mamish just biting into cow legs on the street, right? Why? Shu could sell over. This world is so fleeting and all the pleasures are fleeting and nothing lasts. So what are we getting in exchange? It's just not worth it. And this, and again, I want to stress, and I've stressed this in previous year, this would all be true if a life of Serving Hashem was really miserable, chas v'shalom. This would still be true because just do the math. Logic dictates that it's worth it to go through a little bit of challenge temporarily in order for the sake of something that's eternal. But that's not what it is. It's not. It's the opposite. 
This world lived and engaged with through the prism of a person that's plugged in in a healthy way, in a deep way, in an exalted, glorious way to the deepest, deepest consciousness that's embedded within the Torah and understands the halacha that we learn and keep and understands the mitzvahs and understands what it is to bring children into the world. I bless us all with that experience. What a marriage is supposed to look like. I bless us all with that experience based Hashem at the right time. What a community looks like. What a good friend looks like. In depth, connected to eternity, to MS. What, what Jewish history looks like that's sitting on our shoulders, blessedly, that we have the privilege of carrying on that torch. What the ideal vision of Mashiach looks like, and Olam Haba, and, and what Shabbos is, and what Eretz Yisrael is, and what Sadiqim are, and, and what, and what Panimi Satara is, and what Nicholas Satara is. It's mind-blowing. It's treasures upon treasures upon treasures. It's, it's sweeter than everything. And so it's such an obvious choice. And the sweet thing is, is that we live, Baruch Hashem, and I bless us all with long and happy and healthy lives till 120. But there's enough time in our lives to put this to the test. That's why I tell people, put it to the test. Take three months. That's a substantial amount of time, you know. The child develops pretty substantially during those three months. Take three months and commit yourself to it. And you'll see. Start to explore. Start to really try. Commit. Make sacrifices that you're not even ready for. Go beyond yourself. Look beyond yourself. Be bigger than your own level. It's not about always, I'm not holding there. How do you know where you're holding? How, how do you know? How do, how do we really know that we're not ready for X, X, Y, Z? Try it. Try Now, of course, there are things that are blatantly beyond the realm of, of normalcy that actually would qualify as hefkerus, like Rabbi Nachman says, gamma hefkerus in strich, and that's obvious. But normal things that other people are, are doing, and that just, we have this thing, like that I can't do. How do you know? How do you know? Try it, push yourself, sacrifice, jump in. V'chanuni nabazois, test HaKadosh Baruch so to speak. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu says, "Tamu uru ki Hashem." You got to team. There's got to be a teima first. Taste it. Throw yourself in. But when you throw yourself in, make sure that it's in the right setting. Make sure that it's with the right yisod, with the right foundation. Make sure that it's into the right svarim and into the right consciousness, so that it's not further unhealth and further bitterness and further trauma, like many of us experience. It's got to be the right way. But if it's the right way, there is nothing sweeter than this. There's nothing. There's no greater yeshavadas, peace of mind, maturity, spiritual maturity. A broad-minded perspective changes the way you interact with people, changes our ideals and ambitions in this world, changes the way that we look at time and how we utilize our time, and ultimately changes the way that we feel at the end of a long day when we lay down at night. Because that's really where the day hits you, right? And that's a tremendous difference between a person that ran around with, with, his, with his nose in the ground and between a person who lays down in bed and looks up at the Rabbana Shalom and says, Master of the world with a heart bursting with love and joy that's infinite, I love you, Rabbana Shalom. I can't thank you enough for the life that I live. I can't thank you enough for the privilege of being able to live connected to you with a mission, with a purpose that's connected and bound to the greatest purpose of the capital P throughout history from the beginning of time to the end of time. I adore you. Please, Rabbanish Shalom, one thing I ask of you, 
make tomorrow the same way because I can't even imagine anything better, right? That's where it's at. And so we got to push ourselves. And we have to realize that it's within that, so to speak, gavura, within limitations, within trying to respect boundaries and so on and so forth, that specifically there we find the greatest tainu. Ki gavar is chazdai. All the restrictions and all, you got to follow this, you got to... It's the deepest chesed. HaKadosh Baruch is not trying to trap us in. He's trying to help us live focused lives. It's not a trap. But it cuts out all the garbage, the noise, and it says, follow this lane. You're not, you're, not, you're not closed in. You're only closed in on two sides. It just narrows the lane of meaning and then beckons you to continue to walk down that place that's mugdar in the holiest way. So that it's deeper and deeper and more meaning and meet the type of Merubah and it's increasing and the more our perceptions grow, the more our heart and our emotions are able to be in touch with this and the more light we're able to channel into the world and the more that we can exceed, ex- exceed ourselves and transcend our own littleness and be of service not only to those around us but to the entirety of creation and the way of Rajbi or of Shimon Bar Yechai. And so that's the deal. And it's the sweetest deal in the world. And so Rav Nassim says, let's make sure not to be mufkar be'emes, which is to let go of everything in the next world and eternity and the eternity that's embedded into this world for the sake of something that not only is not pleasurable, it leads oftentimes to a great deal of misery and to a great deal of emptiness to a person whose heart is still on fire, to a person whose heart is still filled with the gvura that's compelling it, nishmas nishmas adam, even though aniyashena bavalibi er. And so we should be zaycha really to get in touch with the libi er, with that part of us that's awake, that part of us that wants to move, that wants to make moves, that wants to grow, and to stand around and dance around the fire of Rabbi Shimon, and to find that fire inside, and to beg HaGadosh Baruch who help me find this fire in everything throughout the year, and to bind myself with that, to identify myself with that, to hold on to that so that all of us together can live lives of elevation, can live lives of growth, of striving, of jumping up in such a way that we don't then fall down to the ground, but that the entire ground comes up a level every time we jump higher and higher, closer and closer with the help of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So Be'ez HaShem will try next week to jump back into the Lukadei Alachas and finish this Keta, and then we're going to go right there and further in Sichon um, and Aleph with HaShem's help. So I want to thank all of you for being here, for joining this year. I apologize, we cut out for a couple of times. Wow, Heiliger of Shimon. It's Baderach. Unbelievable. Brucham Abayim, I guess, right? Give out. Okay. Bezer Shem should be a safe trip. I look forward to seeing you. And uh, all of us should follow in Rav Shimon's footsteps, not just in this way, in a lot of ways. And to make it to Yisrael real quick. And if not physically, then at least in the Mayach. Bezer Hashem. Ashreinu. Ashreinu Chevra. Really, we're so privileged. Thank you so much for joining. And I, and I wish you Mamash Alich to Galag Ba'ayim or Bezer Hashem up ahead. Cult of Chaver, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining. Recording.